acceptable? Good. Yeah, I Very think it's good. good. I'm going to just give you a slight new tweak. That way, because uh, these are quite Slight good. tweaks. Yeah, they uh, pick up plosives and breaths really well. So if you're too close, it's all going to be plosives and breaths. Speaking of, um, oh, they're playing at the Corner Hotel next weekend <laughs> if you want to go and see them. Uh, By the way, we're recording. Hi, Dave. How, how are you? Uh, speaking of slight tweaks as well, did you see that um, Adil Rashid ball of the century? Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. That, was, that was like a week or so ago, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, at least, yeah. Yeah. But um, as good as Warnies, I think. Yeah, I, Warnies was situational though, wasn't situational, it? Situational, maybe the flight was made it more impressive as well, but mm. certainly the purchase and accuracy was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, you're back with Cricket Talk. Back with Cricket Talk. I was, trying to think of a, I was trying to think of a fun podcast name for a cricket show. Oh, yeah. And the uh, best I came up with, just the right spin would probably be it. What about, oh yeah, it's not bad. Uh, silly points. Good knocks. Yeah, not bad. It sounds a little bit rude. Yeah, it does. In the current climate. Silly mid off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all things covered. Mm. Cover. Not cover is a, a cricketing term. Hey, this isn't a cricket podcast, it's a beer podcast. And we have got a great guest who we recorded the other day. So you're going to hear a slight change in audio when we yep. throw to him. Keen listeners will be able to observe that change, I'm sure. But when we, before we do, should we say who it is first? Nah. Oh, you mean the guests? Yeah, I yeah, you yeah. Mean us. I no, people know who we are. Yeah. Uh, let's do some news, and we can introduce yeah. our guests in a second. Sure. There's a really good beer event coming up. I think this is going to be could be the, one of the best and most unexpectedly good beer festivals of the year. Talk to me. Uh, Hillsville Sanctuary here in Melbourne, or just outside of Melbourne. Uh, they're doing a hop fest, raising money for rock wallabies. Um, not sure exactly what. I don't think they're just going to give it to the wallabies. No. Some sort of, uh, maybe really building a new sanctuary. Idea about how currency works, yeah. Um, but they've got some local breweries, your Hargreaves Hill, your Coldstream, a couple of cideries. They've got live music um, and barbecue from the Hillsville Hotel. I've eaten at the Hillsville Hotel before and it was fucking great. Yeah, okay. Uh, and while you're bloody drinking your beer fest, you're also wandering around Hillsville Sanctuary. Have you ever been to Hillsville Sanctuary? Yeah, yeah, it's great. a couple of times. Yeah, it yeah. is really good. Yeah. So, and they've got some live music and beers at. Sanctuary. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. Sounds like a fun weekend out when of the When is city. that? That is uh, the weekend of the 5th. So it's Melbourne Cup weekend. Get out of the city, Melbourne Cup weekend. Yeah, if you can. But you you'd also probably want to, if you're going to be booking accommodation, you'd want to get onto that. Yeah. Um, you could do it in a day. I think you could, maybe there's a coach. I don't know. It hey, sounds good though, yeah. Uh, since we last recorded, and uh, we should probably mention it in passing, the Black Hops incident happened. Yes. If you're not really aware of what happened, and I don't want to rehash anything, Bruce News did a really good podcast about it. Uh, oh, yeah? Zoe Ottaway, who's the vice president of Pink Boots and also from Totem Marketing. Uh, so tune into the Bruce News one. Cool. Have a listen to them sort of unpack all the issues around the Black Hops label, and that's all I want to say. Very good. Sydney Beer Week's coming, Dave. You excited? SBW. No, it's CBW. They call it Sydney Craft Beer Week, don't they? No, it's they've dropped the craft. Oh, have they? Yeah. All yeah. right. Fair enough. So, uh, we've picked some events as well for our yeah. Sydney, Sydney listeners, or even visitors to Sydney. The first one, Dave, do you want to tell us about the first one? Yeah, sure. On the 27th of October is going to be the Akasha Bridge Road event, which anyone following along with the socials probably would have seen that they've been doing a couple of collaborations, which will be unveiled at that particular event. Mm. Um, I think that's, that they sort of make sense together. What do you reckon? Yeah, i looking... F- through those, that's the kind of event that just really appeals to me yeah. these days. No, Low key, free event. two really good brewers that I, I, even if I don't like the collab beers, I know that the other beers are going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. And probably and sort chances of like, are I will like the collab and they beers. They sort of play to each other's, like they sort of have different attributes that make them um, good breweries that are different. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that other one to um, watch out for. Uh, I'm really excited about the. Auto, I don't know how to say it. There's a Sydney restaurant, Automata. Automata. Oh, okay, yeah. It's uh, industrial chic. I've never been there, but I've heard really good things. Two-hatted restaurant. Mm. Uh, I think the chef used to work at the Mamafuku Sydney, and he's worked at other top restaurants. So pedigree, yep. Yeah, um, they're doing a dinner with Modus Operandi. I'm wearing their hat right now. And I'm drinking, drinking their beer, yeah. yeah. You are representing. Uh, it's not cheap. 
160 bucks. Oh, that, well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really seen the rundown of that event, but I mean, as far as those top level beer dinners go, that's mm. not bad. To dine at a place like that is going to cost about that much. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that, that one looks. If I was in Sydney, I'm not going to be there for it, but that's a home run if I was sure. there. Sure. Um, the final one, I think this is a joint decision on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the Thursday. Uh, Stonerwood Pilot Batch Series. Did you see they had a Mango Hazy IPA I just did, come out? I did, and that really, really looks the goods. It's interesting. They said before the New England IPA thing happened, they were like, IPAs don't make sense for Stonerwood. But New England IPAs and Stonerwood do have similarities. Hey, you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah, totally. And I really, I haven't tried their Mango Hazy IPA, but I really would like to. I bet it would be um, high level. Yeah. Yeah, and all their Pilot Batch stuff. Actually, I did for Good Beer Week a couple of years ago, did a dinner at Ides here in Melbourne. And it was one of those fancy, fancy restaurants with Stonewood Pilot Batch beers. Just glorious. So much fun. Nice. Um, I went to the Stonewood dinner um, at uh, Vieux de Mon for Good Beer Week this year. And uh, their beers just like, I don't know, they're just perfect. (laughs) Well, that's, I think, my approach. If I'm choosing beer dinners, and that's why I chuck that Motors one in, I'd like to choose a brewer that I know is going to make a good beer. I don't want the best beer. I don't want a crazy, spectacular beer. I just want a reliably good beer. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sydney Craft Beer Week. Well, Sydney Beer Week. I just got caught out by that. <laughs> um, the program's online, sydneybeerweek.com.au, I think. Um, yeah. Hey, there were some bar awards happened. Did you see these bar awards? No, I didn't. So Australian Bartender Magazine puts together some, and a few of our friends of the show um, got some got some bloody got gongs. Got some gongs. Yeah, it's actually pretty exciting. Um, firstly, 18th Amendment Bar. You might remember them. I think we talked about them last show. They are the Possibly, cocktail bar from yep, Geelong. Yep, yep. So Damien's a, a listener, and he works there along with a, a good crew, and they yeah, they won Best Regional Cocktail Bar. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Damien shouted us out when we were talking uh, Boilermakers and uh, yeah, yeah. dropped some knowledge on us, so we appreciate that. Yeah. And really stoked to see him do well. Yeah. yeah um, the bar, I was chatting to someone else. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were raving about that place, um, saying just it's such a good, different place for Geelong. It's all table seating, so if there's no tables, you don't you can't drink there. I think they're opening up a new bar. I don't know if this is... Under embargo, sorry, Damien and crew, if it isn't, um, if it is, but like a kind of a heartbreaker style or divey kind of bar. Yeah, cool. Um, nearby, so you can wait. Um, yeah, I'm really keen to get down there and check it out. Yeah, we might have to do a um, professional trip down there, I think, perhaps. Um, other friends of the show, Mr. West, they won Best Specialty Beer Bar, Footscray Locals. Which is pretty great because they haven't been around for long. They're just over a year old. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I was chatting to one of the guys today and they were, they were really chuffed. Um, he is still under the weather. He thinks he's a little bit run down after a big trip in Sydney. So it's a, um, good, it's a great place for a drink. Yeah. Uh, above board and Bar Liberty. Uh, so above board's the one above Beer Mash. And I think they have some ownership relationship with Bar Liberty. Um, so above board won best small bar, um, and Bar Liberty won best wine bar. That's really cool. Um, so Bar Liberty, for people that don't know, is the wine bar version of Rockwell and Sons, which most people probably should know. Uh, maybe you haven't put it together, but yeah. Best pub went to the Lincoln in Carlton. Uh, I haven't actually been to the Lincoln. No, neither have I. I've had so many people recommend it to me. Hospo people, just drinkers, they do. They did Pine of Origin Tasmania last year. Yeah, right. Where is it in Carlton? Uh, near Li- Street? Near Ligon Street, I think. Oh, okay. I Let's think I know it. the one it is. I can picture it in my mind, but yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about those guys, and to see them win Best Pub. That's um, it. Uh, Really good award to get. So I think they'll be doing another Pine of Origin again this year for good next year for Good Beer Week. So uh, that might be a good time if you're not from Melbourne to get in there and check them out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Frankie's Pizza by the Slice won Best Live Music. That is cool. I've still not been to Frankie's. I love it. I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's Best Live Music venue in, in Australia. I wonder what the criteria was. Yeah, maybe it's. I mean, I guess it's a Hospo favourite. So Australian Bartender Magazine. It's probably yeah, sure. people that. Love a late night venue, and that that certainly is a good late night venue. So that's awesome. I don't want to take any. I don't want to rag on them. It's a great place. <laughs> um, congratulations to everyone. Good, yeah, good that's opening awards. Yeah, I mean, friends of ours, friends of the show, just genuinely good venues, all getting recognition. I mean, like, what more do you want? Yeah. 
to see good to see good beer places sort of you know places like Bar Liberty Wine so Wine Bar has great great beer yeah um, so yeah it's cool to see that happening uh, Gage Roads I went to a re- kind of a launch of sorts for them yeah so they bought Matzos recently mm-hmm. uh, I think they're sort of looking to expand further um, they've kind of split off their Lager or their Albies brand, which I think is for the stadiums. You know how they have the Optus Stadium and the um, oh yeah, yeah, sure, the big stadium deals. So they've sort of they're kind of splitting those over kind of separate brands, and then they've got an umbrella brand called Good Drinks, um, which will encompass all of those things. So yeah, I think they expect some some growth from those guys. It's an interesting story, Gage Roads. I it is, isn't it? I'm fascinated to see what they get up to. Yeah. Um, for people that don't know, they used to be part owned by Woolworths, and then. Bought back the farm, so to speak. And, and before that, they were... Cutting edge probably isn't the right terminology, but they certainly were mm. in the more interesting side of things. Anyway, mm. yeah. Mm. I will say, I had the Matzo's ginger beer that night. Uh, they had the launch at uh, Catfish, and there was f- wings and fries, and then the ginger beer on top of the wings and fries was just great. Just perfect? Yeah, yeah. How I, is that? The ginger beer? Yeah. Yeah, it was yummy. I really enjoyed it. Because that's got like... Uh, Probably more presents than you might think. Mm. I see it at a lot of like divey bottle shops. Yeah, um, it's so a bit of a cult favorite. Yeah, and I think Matzo's because they do the chili and the mango beers. They kind of have a like gimmicky an additive sort of thing. Yeah, yeah right. it, feel, it can feel a bit gimmicky, and people outside of I don't. I certainly don't really know much about the brand other than that. Um, they put out a twelve percent barley wine last year. Did they? Completely out of nowhere. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the ginger beer, man, I. To be honest, I would see myself buying a six-pack in summertime. And well, when you fridge. just said wings, fries, and ginger beer, I was just thinking that sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. No cheesesteaks. I didn't have a cheesesteak. I went to Catfish and didn't have a cheesesteak. Yeah, you really made an error there. That's all right. What else we got here? I read about this Minneapolis brewery. Minneapolis? Minneapolis? Yeah. What did I say? Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, I had another end in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they are unhappy with their neighbourhood because it didn't gentrify. So they moved into a shitty neighbourhood about seven years ago. Yeah. I don't even note down their name. So they're not happy with the neighbourhood and so they're doing a GoFundMe to raise $700,000 to relocate because their neighbourhood's too dangerous to them. What? Um, I read some comments on a few places on the internet and people that live in the city were like, uh, I think you just shit at what they do. I don't think they're good. And it's not that much of a dangerous neighbourhood. Right. Um, I think there might have been a shooting nearby. and But, like, gentrification is like an organic thing that happens. Like, you can't... You don't, you don't bet on it. No. You move into somewhere because it's a nice... Like a I g- mean, you can bet on it, but, like, you have to have a business operating in the case that it doesn't yeah. do what you expect it to do. It's interesting because... And you've got to be a part of it. So you've got to target towards the existing market rather than targeting towards the future market that may or may not happen. Yeah, there, there are poor people here. We want them to go, so we're not going to cater to them. People that support. Have you checked in on the um, GoFundMe? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think it's going well. But yeah, if if you want to engage with community, and doing it by crowdfunding. Yeah. Oh, I hate these guys. Yeah. I assume it's guys. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. There's a guy on Twitter. Um, he does. It's called Beer Culture. Um, he's got a couple of uh, his personal account, but his his sort of beer related one is beer culture with a K um, and he lives I'm not sure where what city he lives but he's an African American guy quite often goes to like uh, clubs um, you know like hip hop clubs and stuff with bottles of like Rodenbach gets a nice bucket and then starts sharing them with all the people there um, he was just on a diversity panel um, with Good Beer Hunting at the Great American Beer Festival that just wrapped up yeah um, so and he's constantly going on about Breweries assume that you can't sell beer to, I guess, different communities that aren't white dudes with beards. And he's like, people want this. I'm out there just taking it to them and, and getting people hooked on these beers. You can do that too. Um, you know, we're being ignored. And so that was kind of cool. And I think this story was kind of the antithesis of that, of we're not, we don't want to be part of that community. We want to profit off the cheap rent, uh, which is shit. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not going to profit off cheap rent if there's no one there buying your beers because you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yep. Lesson on that for everyone. Oh, Hargreaves Hill, we mentioned them earlier. Yeah. Uh, we ragged on them a while back. We didn't rag on them. We discussed no, their branding. No, just commented on their branding, yeah. Um, so they've released a sub-brand called Beatnik. Have they? 
Yeah, I don't really know what it looks like just yet in terms of the beers. What's the ethos behind it? Um, I think it's a bit more playful and a bit more, um, you know, they are, they are seen as that heritage brand. Yeah, the brand I like the label. It looks looks a lot looks a lot different to what they're doing currently. So, yeah. do you think that sort of heritage brand is a regional thing that people value? Yeah, maybe. I was just I was just thinking then when you first said that I was like, does anyone care about holding on to that? regional yeah uh, that um, heritage sort of branding i is think so right yeah. is it more of a regional thing do you think maybe and maybe they're trying to push into the city i know because i've done some esoteric beers which have been kind of fun for sure so maybe oh, that's they're one of the most consistent gonna, brewers yeah. around especially for a long time yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to see see what happens there um they're having a launch here in melbourne i think october the 5th at the great northern hotel i might cool. be wrong about that but uh yeah look it up on the beat internet Nick. yeah, yeah beat Nick. Up for sure um the final thing Dave, you might have noticed that a few people are wandering around town. They look like they've got a fever. Something I like uh, to refer to as a footy fever. Oh, okay. Go on. CUB are having an aggressive marketing campaign. I was trying to make another footy fever pun, on, but it yeah. failed. About yeah. Around freshness. Thermometer? Oh, okay. Go on. So yeah. they're doing a whole, every beer and, and all these you know, bottle shops will have a brewed on date. Right. And they're going to display it prominently in the bottle shop. All season, uh, AFL-wise, they've been pushing like... Uh, across Australia, a, a keg of Carlton Draft gets changed every forty-six seconds or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like the message behind that is about freshness. So it's crazy that they've used the, because I mean, ultimately Carlton Draft is pasteurised. It's not super delicate in terms of the flavours aren't going to change no, like, too like, much over a six-month period. I don't period. think I would ever, like I've never drank a VB or a Carlton Draft that I could have told you the difference in flavours. Yeah. Um, I think I might have had a purposely skunked one that was would have been older than six months and yeah. left out in the sun deliberately as part of like a uh, educational sort of thing. Yeah. But even then, I don't think it was like marginal difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Which is testament to the stability sure. of those kind of beers. Sure. Uh, so it's interesting now that they're, I guess, using craft strength or, or one of the things craft can have over them is it's great fresh. And they spun it around and said, we can actually do this better. Yeah. Um, good on them. For sure. It's hard to begrudge that. Um, fresh I mean, beers. it's only going to educate more people than any craft brand could ever reach. So I wandered into my local Liquorland. Because the, the local wording... Local Liquorland, that's fun to say. Yeah. Um, the wording uh, in the one of the press releases, the spokesperson, unnamed spokesperson, said, the beer is brewed on a Monday and delivered fresh each week. Yeah, that's really... like. like that's clumsy. Yeah, very um, clumsy. So... Uh, Apparently, the what they consider as their brewed on date is the keg date. Yeah. Okay. So kegged on a Monday and, and then delivered. And it's the terminology is brewed on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's confusing. Um, how can you be so? How can you go so right with a message <laughs> and then deliver it so poorly? Carlton, so you be there. They're, so, they're yeah. really good at that. Have we talked about frothy on the podcast? I Do you know about like frothy? We, I feel like we have. Even oh, maybe we haven't talked about it on. Ah, I don't need to talk about it. Who cares? All right. Um, we know what it is. It's a lazy attempt to capture the furphy market. Yeah. All right. Well, let's throw to our special guest who you've been waiting on tenterhooks to find who that is. Find out who that is. We've got... Enjoy that chat. Brendan O'Sullivan from the Australian... ANHC. Yeah, yeah. Australian National Homebrewers Conference. If you're looking for juicy news, you will not find it here. This no. is all about the Homebrewers Conference. All right, we'll take that away and then we'll come back with some bloody little recommendations. Enjoy. Uh, Hi, Dave. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Uh, To our listeners, the reason I sighed and we're sighing is we just recorded maybe, fortunately it was only a couple of minutes. It was gold. I don't know if we can recreate that. You comedy will gold. be getting four and a half like minutes Bonyard. of second tier podcasting because we're not going to have the same enthusiasm. Yeah, covering yeah. the same gear. Apologies so. for our lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. and it, once again, he's interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't introduce you yet, Brendan. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm not good at this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's introduce Brendan in a second. I'm going to mute your you? channel if home you keep away going. from home. You've been here five <laughs> times. <laughs> We're at the Fixation Incubator. Uh, and we've got Brendan O'Sullivan from Three Ravens. Uh, but he's Howdy. wearing his Australian National Homebrewing Conference t-shirt. Tell us about 
Australia National Homebrewing Conference. That's what you're here to talk about. Anyway. I am, yeah. yeah. I've been uh, working with the ANHC committee on and off over the last few years. It started in 2008. It was the brainchild of John Preston, uh, owner of Grain and Grape Homebrew Shop, uh, who really wanted to, to bring education and more enthusiasm about homebrewing uh, to Australia, like he'd seen at the conferences in the US. So we put together a small team of enthusiastic homebrewing professionals um, to organise and run a conference in Australia, uh, now in its 12th year, or uh, sixth conference. It runs every every two years. Um, the first three were in Melbourne. I joined the committee for the third conference on the social subcommittee. Um, enjoyed the following two and have been uh, dragged back in to help out organising uh, some of the social aspects of, of this year's conference. When you say social aspects, do you mean social media or social fun? Not social as in social media, but social as in the extra events that occur around the conference. Um, so the conference started off the back of the Australian Amateur Brewing Championships, uh, much like Good Beer Week, starting as a as an excuse to have a party while all the brewers in, are in town. Um, mm. The Australian Amateur Brewing Championships happens once a year. And so this, this conference was organised to coincide with uh, the judging of the national awards. Um, to kind of add on to that and to give people a reason to come to town, um, judges and homebrewers to collect their awards or, or to judge the, the competition. Mm. Uh, so it's a two-day conference held at the William Anglin Anglis Conference Centre um, in the city. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's been uh, evolving over the years. Um, for the professional brewers that have, that have been involved, particularly the local ones, they've uh, been overwhelmed at the amount of uh, technical information um, they get out of the conference, but also the amount of fun. Mm. Um, so it's a really special event. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work for, for all the volunteers involved, but definitely worth being involved with. All volunteers as well? Yeah, there's no paid positions. We um, we're kind of reaching the point now after after 12 years where we probably do need need to start working out how we can afford to to get someone on board in a in a marketing or promotions capacity because after after 12 years, I think the um, the core committee, while they're still really passionate about keeping it going, they um, they could certainly use some uh, youthful exuberance and um, some fresh blood to help mm. uh, help us grow into I guess a more modern uh, modern method of communication. The lineup this year looks really fun. And you mentioned, you know, professional brewers that come along. Uh, we'll get something out of it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, can you it's for everyone, really. Um, not just home brewers, but beer lovers, beer enthusiasts, people working in the beer industry or studying judging or just fans of beer, really. Mm. Yeah, two um, years ago when we talked, I did a show from the dinner. It been three years ago. I think it was on one of the off years. Oh, was there an off year, was so it? Yeah, it could every, well be. The conference is every two years, but every year we run a, a pairing dinner. Right. Where we pair homebrew with No, I food. think it was the same one where Vinny was in town for the conference. Right, that was up in Canberra. Yeah, I don't know. Either, either way. Yeah, um, yeah it really struck bluff. me that, like, uh, I thought there would be a lot that just enthusiasts and uh, beer lovers in general would get out of it, where uh, it seemed like there wasn't enough crossover in those worlds. I think it's probably our... our uh, our failure to engage or to market to the wider beer community. I mean, a lot's happened in the last 10 years um, with beer and the, the interest in beer and the enthusiasm around beer. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot we can do moving forward to, to engage and, and just to show people um, the value in the conference. It is pretty special. Who, who is here this year for this conference? Uh, the key, key speakers we've got, um, if anyone listens to the Sour Hour, you might be familiar with Jay Goodwin, who's the founder and brewer at uh, the Rare Barrel. Um, he's coming down. He's a great great presenter, great speaker. Um, they're one of the, um, I don't know, I, I, they're one of the kind of icons of, of sour beer in, in the US, aren't they? They're yeah, totally. Definitely the, the modern style uh, American uh, wild beer. Um, I think that they've always been really passionate about creating their own styles and, and doing their own thing and, and evolving too, learning different techniques and exploring uh, different methods mm. um, and you know changing and d diversifying within their own barrel imagery. And I think particularly through the Sour Hour podcast, they've, they've helped educate a new generation of sour brewers. Sour very much is a, a focus of this, this conference, not intentionally, it just sort of happened that way as we went through... Um, interesting topics and what, what people are, are inter interested in at the moment. We have always had um, sour content um, since the first conference, but so this year... So we on the podcast. Yeah, good. Sorry, yeah. 
<laughs> was that some sour content just then? <laughs> it was, yeah. I think I gave you a sour look. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> Uh, some of the other sour, sour presenters, we've got Topher from Wildflower, uh, Soren Erickson from 8 Wired, uh, Ruth Barry uh, from Boat Rocker. Um, we've got a sour panel. Um, some of the other presenters, Denny and Drew, uh, Denny Conn and Drew Beecham. Drew Beecham's a renowned author on beer. He runs a, a podcast and blog with Denny Conn, a, a very uh, reputable home brewer about experimental brewing. Mm. Um, so they're going to be doing a few, few presentations between the two of them um, at one of the keynote addresses. Um, who else is coming out? We've got I've got a list here in front of me. Uh, this is great, great radio, isn't it? Um, Ali <laughs> Mack from Little Creatures, great. who a lot of you may know if you're in Melbourne. She's the so president of the Pink Boots Society. She's doing a, a speech on fermentation management. Uh, Chris White, who's been a, a massive supporter of the conference over the years from White Labs. Um, Julian Wider from uh, Sewn Piglets. Dr. Evan Evans, uh, one of the most uh, knowledgeable and published uh, beer scientists in Australia, um, and much more. It's a, it's a pretty pretty impressive list. You can jump on the website and check out the full uh, list of presenters and topics. Um, one of my favourite parts of the conference is that uh, from the beginning of the day and in every break, there's uh, there's food, so there's morning tea, lunch, <laughs> but beers. Like okay. so, every every session break, there's different beers on tap. Um, so it's pretty great. It's kind of a constant state of mildly inebriated and mildly hungover, yep. um, which is perfect for taking in content yeah, and yeah. <laughs> paying attention. Um, um, are the beers from the presenters or are they homebrew? Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, um, cool. A lot of the, the presenters do sponsor beers. Um, we try and get as much interesting stuff uh, as well, like uh, one-offs and sort of beers that will appeal to, to homebrewers. If there's any uh, brewers out there listening to this that want to sponsor the conference, we are still looking for some some more beer. Um, so if you chuck us a 50-litre keg, um, you'll get some level of sponsorship. Awesome. Um, we've got some really fun beers. I think Topher's sending some beers down for his his panels. Uh, the well, I think the, the rare barrel beers are, are some of the most exciting. We have a break-off session to taste beers, uh, taste the rare barrel beers, but that session's unfortunately sold out. Um, well, not unfortunately for, for you guys. Yeah, we're pretty stoked with that. We've done something quite different this year as well in the way that we uh, get sponsored beers or um, conference beers. In the past, we've had breweries brew either one or two uh, special beers for the conference that we give attendees to take home in bottles. Uh, we've done that again this year. Uh, Dainton Family Brewing is, is making uh, the conference beer. So there'll be a, a special bottle in the, the show bag uh, to take home and some kegs pouring uh, throughout the, the conference. Uh, but this year we've we've initiated a, a pro-am uh, style uh, collaboration where we've we've found four brewers all on the 86 tram tram line um, to partner with award-winning home brewers uh, from around Australia uh, to recreate uh, one of their award-winning beers. So it's um it's pretty amazing. Um, the fixation is is one of the the sponsors for that um, alongside the mill, uh, Gypsy Hub, and uh, Stomping Ground. So. Those four breweries have all been uh, kind enough to to um, to sponsor the the conference and to brew um, an award-winning home brewers recipe. Fun. So they'll be on yeah, at the cool. conference, um, hmm. at the opening party, and uh, also on arrival at the pairing dinner. I think I'm always excited to try a scaled-up home brewers thing on a like every time it's at Gabs. That's probably one of the first beers I go for. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just it sounds it's fun to me that yeah, it's a fun idea. Yeah. and then uh, just the challenge of upscaling any homebrew recipe. Yeah, yeah. Tinker with it. I reckon one of the, like the few, the few beers that I ever remembered drinking at Gabs in a taster was that um, Centennial Pale that Derek brewed oh, as yeah. a homebrewer. Yeah, when it was on there. Um, yeah, I mean, Barry, how, how Barry often is a is there a single hop pale ale going to stand out at Gabs? Yeah. But Barry, it did, yeah. Barry Cranston had a brown ale, I yeah. think, which is really fun. He's such a legend, Barry. Yeah. He's um, such a friendly, knowledgeable, enthusiastic guy. Um, I, yeah, think, I think he's a listener. So, hi, Barry, if you're listening. G'day, Barry. Um, but, yeah, I remember he did a brown ale one year. It was great. Yeah. Um, and then who was it did an IPA from maybe WA? Did, like, a double IPA? No, I can't remember, but it was, wasn't it wonderful? It was really good, yeah. yeah. He was an expat American, I think. Um, yeah, yeah so it was really good. Really yeah. He's working at an eight now. That uh, 
Brewer. Yeah, he's going to hate me for forgetting his name. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of on the tip of my tongue. Like I can see the name in the year kind of a thing. Um, if, if you do want to get involved with that but don't want to come to the conference, those four beers, uh, which have been designed by Braden Jackman, Ben Turn, Paul Reck, and Stephen Lawford, all very, very well awarded and established homebrewers, um, you can come along on Thursday afternoon. That's Thursday the 25th uh, from when the venues open. Um, and all four venues will be pouring uh, the kegs uh, karma style uh, awesome. to raise money to, to help us support um, the conference. Great. So, that's um, awesome. Yeah, you can... We'd, we'd kind of planned it around the 86 so it'd be a tram crawl, mm. um, but the breweries that we've ended up with are, are pretty much within walking distance of each other, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're like three tram stops. Yeah. Um, so you can jump on the tram for fun um, yeah. if you're from out of town, but you're probably just as You can get just the as tram here and then walk to them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's, there's plenty of other stuff along the tram line too if you want to make a, make a day of it. Yeah. The beers will be pouring for the few days afterwards too, so you can, um, you can get amongst it across the weekend uh, there's a map on the on the homebrew conference website anhc.com.au so you can jump on there and it has the tram stop details um they will also be pouring at the welcoming party so i guess in order of how things happen thursday morning is the judging of the australian amateur brewing championships thursday afternoon is the get on your tram uh tram crawl yep. uh, thursday evening is the awards presentation at foresters uh, from six to eight that is a ticketed event um which includes uh, a complimentary beer and some food, uh, but you can come down after 8 o'clock for the welcoming party. Uh, it's the Bintani uh, welcoming party and hang out with homebrewers and sample all the beers in one spot. Um, it's always a, a great night. Everyone gets excited that they've come to town and seeing the guys that they haven't seen for two years yeah. um, and then uh, wake up the next day with a horrible hangover. Uh, but yeah, the, the conference starts Friday. Uh, runs Friday and Saturday at the William Angles uh, Conference Centre in the city. Uh, Friday night is the homebrew dinner, uh, which Dave's been along to, which... I think, awesome. uh, I, I think it's one of the best pairing dinners uh, going around. Um, what makes it? I think best? the fact that it's homebrew uh, is, is a really big one. And I mean, there's a lot more beer and food going on now, but I think, um, Dave, you could testify to the, the quality of the food and the quality, quality of the Quality of the food, just the thoughtful pairings um, struck me. Uh, didn't, didn't you do, design the pairings last time, Brendan? We had a, we had a chef, Brendan Sheldrick, um, who was at Rosetta at the time. I, I worked with him. I think they were largely... Largely his ideas, but I helped massage them and um, kind of uh, join the join the dots. So who's cooking this year? We've we've tasked the conference center again, like we did uh, in the first year. Um, there was a very enthusiastic executive chef at the conference center who uh, thought it'd be great to work with his students to come up with the pairings. Um, so we've done that again. We've we've given them the the beer styles and yep. given them some samples of the beer um, because it's such a great culinary school. Um, you know they've got some of the you know the the apprentice chefs from from restaurants all around Melbourne working there. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really fun opportunity for them to 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 start thinking about pairing and start thinking about flavour and food. Yeah, yeah. So we've um we've kind of left it to them. Um, that they're about halfway through the the pairing. I think a couple of them they've nailed um, that sound awesome, yeah. and a couple that need a bit of work. But it's uh yeah, it's fun. I think it's going to be a really really great achievement for them um, to have been through that process. Mm. Yeah, I think I have more interest in that kind of a thing where I know that it's probably going to be a bit of unlo- unusual left of field. Cause That's what we're hoping for. I think all, all the previous dinners have been really unusual and, and out there and um, really interesting pairings, interesting food. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's the only, only, only gripe we had with a couple of their pairings but that was that they were a little underwhelming. So we've, okay. we've got them back to the drawing board to come up with something a bit more exciting. I um, remember at that dinner, one of your goals was to pair IPA with dessert. Have you got any uh, ambitions of that sort of thing? I've always really enjoyed unusual pairings. Um, We may, we're kind of looking at throwing a Rauk beer in with dessert. Uh, There's a heavily smoked Manuka uh, Rauk beer. Um, So we're toying with with where that sits in the menu. Mm. Um, We don't want to steer too much. So um, yeah, we'll come down to what the chefs want to do. And who is brewing for the dinner? This year, it's uh, three of the four brewers that were involved with the Pro-Am. Um, unfortunately, uh, Ben Turn from WA couldn't brew a beer for that. Um, so the beers that will be presented, uh, Braden, uh, Braden Jackman, he's a Victorian local. He's brewing a Munich Dunkel. Uh, Paul Reck uh, from South Australia has brewed uh, the, the Strong Manuka Rauk beer. And uh, Stephen Lawford, um, Lawfo, who's, who's brewing an IPA with fixation for the Pro-Am, he's, he's brewed a Belgian Pale Ale. Um, the brewer that's jumped in to fill the, the extra spot is uh, Dion uh, 
also known as Barls, Barlin, and uh, Stuart Upton from New South Wales. They happen to have a, um, a barrel of Flanders Red Ale ageing away, so they've been generous enough to, to offer us a large part of that barrel uh, for the dinner. That's even those beers listed for appearing dinner is unusual. Um, yeah, sounds like fun. Yeah, we try to we try to mix it up. Um, we we know what's exciting and what we love, so we just try and uh, channel that and, mm. and uh, share that with with everyone else. Um, you can you can come to the dinner um, and not the conference if if you're interested. There's still tickets available uh, to the dinner. There is a discounted price. Um, but by the time you hear this, there will no longer be a discount. Mm. So if you got it, I wish we you. were more organised and got it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, as I said that, I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But, uh, no, let people know what they missed out on. <laughs> you so should get for being should've should've on top of it next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the other, I, I shared it through all of a time and the Good Beer Week yeah, account. You. So if you're not paying attention to one of those two things or the home exactly. brewery, it's on you. Yeah. The other, the other fun event um, that also falls under the social banner is, is Club Night, which is arguably the most fun thing about the conference. Um, have either of you been to Club Night? Never, but it? that's what everyone talked yeah, about. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've heard the rumours or the, the legions of Club yeah. Night. Um, I don't know, the booziness of it. The Club fun. Night's great, yeah. It's, um, so we're lucky enough that, that William Angles allow us to uh, kick on into Saturday night. So after the conference is finished, uh, we open up the hall to... Uh, any homebrew club from around Australia that's registered to come down and set up a stand and uh, pour their beers and share their beers and try and outdo each other. Great. Um, so it's it's really fun. You get a lot of camaraderie, a lot of rivalry. Uh, everyone gets dressed up um, in themes. Um, so there's there's never been a real uh, strict theme guide, but breweries go above and beyond um, to to kit out their uh, their kegerators and uh, get dressed up. The the I think it was the Canberra Brewers last year. Or two years ago in Adelaide, came as the Ghostbusters, nice, and they good. all they all had kegs on their back, so they were <laughs> yeah. pouring beer through guns. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. Nice. But uh, yeah, you can check out photos. There's there's photo booths on our on our Facebook and online um, to show you how much fun it is. So you can come along come along to that as an individual and uh, hang out with the clubs and meet them and try their beers. Uh, Ruth Barry's also championing a, a milk the funk uh, bug share and bottle swap um, at club night, so you'll be able to. Bring along uh, something interesting, or if you if you're into slanting vials of wild captured yeast, you can geek out with Jay Goodwin and, and any any other um, wild uh, enthusiasts out there. Yeah, um, great. That sounds like fun. We've got two themes for the beers this year. Um, I asked Jay a while ago what he wanted to see at the conference, and he was really interested in tasting uh, either sour beer, um, native beers, so beers brewed with local ingredients, uh, and he also expressed an interest in mild. Um, so we've come up with the concept of an Australian mild, so nice. essentially anything under 4% and brewed with Australian ingredients. Um, that's one of the competitions, and Jay will judge that along with a few other secret judges, and they'll be announced uh, later in the evening. And uh, there's also a single hop cha challenge. Uh, so Hopco uh, have sponsored uh, the conference and the competition, um, so I think it's Southern Cross is the hop that all the homebrew, comps, homebrew clubs will be getting mailed out. Great. And they get to brew a beer with that one hop. And again, that gets judged and announced uh, later in the evening. Awesome. In this time of people searching for rare and unusual beers, it sounds like that's a great place to, to try you know, yeah, beers totally. that no one yeah. else is trying, right? Yeah, the home brewers are always um, at the forefront of experimentation. You know, every time a brewer thinks they've, they've come up with something brand new, there's no, no doubt in my mind that there's hundreds of home brewers that have, that have already done it. Mm. Um, and they love they love sharing their best beers too. So it's um it's incredible. The the tickets are a really good value for what you get. There's um, entertainment, uh, food, and unlimited beers within mm. reason. There's still RSA, yeah, um, regulations. So yeah, no getting wasted. And yep. uh, pro I, I've been trying to get um like uh, my lantern or someone on board <laughs> as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over the years, I don't know if you were if you can tell where this is going, but it's um yeah, it can get pretty hectic. Aroma-wise, <laughs> at club night, um, but don't let that uh, don't let that scare you off. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you just bring a peg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how is homebrewing going in Australia? Do you think it's strong at the moment? Yeah, I think it's it's still growing. Um, in America, it's starting to slow down, but I think the shift has has always been from um, being cost-effective to to doing your own thing and using local ingredients. Um, so I think that'll always continue. There's there's always uh, a lot of people that want to make their own thing and, and use their hands and, and be be creative. 
Um, so I think there's there has been a shift from uh, you know 20, 30 years ago in Australia where it was about uh, saving money and ingredients were were really limited to now when we have such an incredible array of, of yeast and malt and hops and fruits and everything else at our um, at our uh, availability and information as well about brewing all kinds of weird and wonderful things that mm. NEPA for instance is is something that's challenging to buy commercially in a good state mm. just the nature of the beer it's it degrades so quickly and not great for distribution whereas you can brew one at home you can spend as much as you want on the hops you know you could put 40 50 60 grams a liter of dry hops you can hop it five times um and it's going to stay super fresh because it's it's only going for your from your you know your bathroom or your garage to your fridge um bathroom yeah people you know a lot of people ferment in their bathroom yeah fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> stable temperature and i think wild wild as well is is one aspect where people are having an incredible amount of um, creativity an opportunity to, to take risks and explore some really unusual processes or, or yeast and bacteria that, that wouldn't otherwise have been uh, you know uh, available commercially mm. harvesting up wild yeast is probably a lot easier than people realise and I think that's a cool aspect that I see happening is yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah Ruth I don't, do you guys know Ruth? Uh, I don't know, I don't know we, we've talked before. about getting her on the show yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if she listens to this Ruth get in touch because we'll forget <laughs> Ruth's incredibly passionate um, and incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable about uh, bacteria and, and culturing uh, microbes and has been fastidiously collecting and culturing and brewing and fermenting. Um, so she's, yeah, she's definitely got a lot of information to share. Um, I'm really looking forward to her, her presentation and, and just her, her growth and her career in the industry. I think um, Boat Rock is a great place for her um, where she's allowed to kind of develop those, those concepts and entertain small batch trials and experiments with, with harvesting and uh, using wild yeast. Mm. It's something that Matt's been really striving for at Boat Rocker 2 with his, his Brayside Lambic, um, wanting to embrace local, local mm. terroir. So yeah, it's a really good fit. Awesome. Any more questions? No, no. Uh, I'm just conscious of time, Brendan. Sure. I know you have to, to head off soonish. Yeah. Uh, Where does anyone find out more information or buy tickets to the conference? You can... Follow us on all of the social medias. We're probably more active on Facebook than anything. Facebook.com slash the ANHC. Or you can jump on the website, anhc.com.au. And there's plenty of links, pointers to all of our social media, tickets, information, all that kind of jazz. Um, yeah, please come down. Check out the, I mean, even if you don't want to come to the conference, um, the tram crawl or club night or the dinner are all really exciting and a great way to get engaged mm. with uh, like-minded, enthusiastic beer people. Um, yeah, and, and brewers that want to jump on board with a, a yeah, sponsorship give us kick. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Uh, uh, I, to see down. Um, just judging by what I saw the last time, like the value of what comes with it certainly extends beyond just avid home brewers. So, yeah, totally. um, yeah there's definitely something you'll be brewer. able to just enjoy or take away. Um, then definitely worth considering, I think. Yeah, mm. totally. If you're, you know, studying Cicerone or enthusiastic about learning about beer, working in hospitality or a pro brewer, it's definitely worth considering um, coming down and, and picking the brains of some of the most technical minds in the in the brewing world. Yeah. Even just if you want to immerse yourself in something different, um, if you're just a punter that enjoys good beer, I think it could be an interesting thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Please join us. And if you like volunteering, uh, we're always looking for more volunteers. You can shoot us an email at info at anhc.com.au. If you want to get involved in future years, um, please let us know if you've got a skill that's um, that's handy uh, to running a conference, or if you're into marketing or anything anything at all. If you've got time on your hands and want to contribute, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If not this year, then for, for future uh, future conferences. Awesome! Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Brendan. Appreciate uh, it. And Thanks for uh, Enjoy Mashed in Live, where you're about to head, following in some great footsteps. Oh yeah! Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back. Wasn't that a ripper? It was good. It's always yeah. good having Brendan on. He is uh, a evergreen guest. Yeah. Do you have recommendations for it, Dave? Absolutely. What would you like to start with? Should I start? Go for it. Should I start with a beer? Yes. Uh, my beer isn't actually beer. Okay. No, I've changed my mind. It is going to be beer. Okay. Um, is someone winding something over there? Uh, there was annoying. some sort of construction going on before. Yeah. So. Um, 
So speaking of Brendan, he was kind enough, kind enough to give us a couple of cans of the salted caramel milkshake. Yeah. As an avowed fan of, uh, avowed, not a fan. How do you this say? This is that? a clumsy sentence. Yeah. yeah. Someone that is not a fan of milkshake beers, sweet things, dark I IPAs. You, I told you right. Look, I don't, still don't love that beer, but I get what he's doing, what Brendan's doing with the, that series now. That and milkshake series was. Yeah. And and I guess that. It's a really delicate beer. Mm-hmm. It's really well put together. It's a real deft touch. Um, and I th- don't know if anyone's really doing milkshake series for a start, other than like maybe Omnipolo, but doing them that delicately. Yeah, I that agree with that. And also, especially the ones that are being produced, not even about series, but even about individual beers, the ones being produced in Australia that I've had are nowhere near as drinkable. Yeah, yeah. As there's, that is. Yeah, there's, there's there's a real there's a real delicacy in them. Yeah. Um, and that that really, yeah, that shut my fat mouth. Yeah, I reckon it was pretty good. I was a fan. Yeah. What do you got? I got uh, Friday night. I opened up a tin of the Bent Spoke Cluster Eight Double IPA. Um, surprise! I'm sure there's lots of them around, but I haven't really seen too many of them. Like a hybrid of a West Coast IPA and a hazy IPA. Mm. I don't like. I don't think they profess that to be the beer but it's looks hazy um that's what they call the chop early on yeah i guess so that's true uh this is yeah yeah it's, it's, that's not bad um but heavily late hopped hazy looking a little bit darker but um very like, rigidly bitter though mm. delicious i really really enjoyed it uh really balanced like that those sort of like extreme elements came together really well i was a big fan of it nice yeah, cool. I haven't seen it around that much, so um, yeah, it's so only can, just come out, and I think it's pretty small supply. Yeah, so if you see one, grab one. Cool. Uh, non-beer. What do you got? I um, I've become a fan of tote bags. I'm w- I'm carrying a tote bag. Um, people are going to call it uh, man bag. Is the, the popular saying after the friends with Joey? Well, and that was a tote bag he had, was it? No, it was just a bag. But people call it any time a, a man is doing something. With a bag, it's a man bag. Right, okay. Uh, so I've been carrying around a tote bag. It's great. I just put all my stuff in a tote bag all the time. Do you reckon any female listeners are going, yeah, yeah, this of is course, what yeah, yeah, bags definitely. are for? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've just. Let me ask you this. Have you transferred any pocket material into your bag for comfort and ease? Oh, shit, yeah. My yeah. wallet's in there all the time. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Because um, I, I, I quite often have to carry around a camera and maybe podcasting gear or whatever. But even if I'm not carrying them around, I'm just grabbing tote the tote. Bag. Yeah, right. My sunnies in there when I don't need them. Put my wallet in there. Tote bag. Look, Dave, I've been keeping deodorant in there. Well, I'm just not having a, a sweet idea. day. Yeah. Boom, I've got deodorant. This is how ladies have been living their whole lives. Yeah, I know. And they're not changing. No, we need to recognize. They do want pockets all the time, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like this is probably a better solution. It's probably a power move for us to reclaim bags or to claim bags yeah. as well as pockets and we have both Just I, I, I feel like we need to fix the imbalance of <laughs> you know female dominance over bags sure yeah i'm tired of them with their bags oh, just all bags. the time everything it's convenient yeah so my yeah. recommendation get yourself a nice tote that's got a um a long handle so you can a drape it strap yeah so you can drape do it you do the shoulder. crossover method I do if I'm on a on a bike. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, it's a pretty ultimate in a city Melbourne dude move. Sure. Uh, it's great. Is this more tote content than anyone wants to hear? Nah. It's no. Good. Okay. People, good. people like tote tote All content. Right. What do you tote go for? Bar, us? Good live music venue too. <laughs> um, I mean, didn't win the best live music venue. Yeah. See. Yeah. Why Why is the tote bar not in the mix of the? Yeah, Maybe it wasn't the mix. I don't know. Um, my non beer rec classic all of time. It's going to be Netflix. Uh, just recently added, if anyone hasn't seen The King of Comedy, have you seen it before? I don't think so. Do you remember... Um, I feel like I've t- we've talked about it. Do you it. remember that old actor that was around ages ago, Robert De Niro? Uh, um, yes. I haven't seen him lately. Yeah. In anything good, that is. Oh, wait. Um, is he the guy from the coffee commercials? He's the guy... Is he from, is he from the coffee commercials? Oh, it's Al Pacino, isn't it? Al Pacino? Or is that George Clooney? No, no. One of them, one of them is. One of them is? Yeah. Well... Uh, before, especially for younger listeners, before Robert De Niro made all these laughably awful movies, yep. he made some legit great movies. 
And this one, uh, if you don't know, it's it's he plays like a wannabe talk show host. Uh, it's the funniest thing he's ever done, intentionally. What year was this? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, it's a ripper, and I remember I'd seen it ages ago. Um, but it 82. just eighty-two. There you go. I just looked up. I think I looked up, or I clicked on the Godfather, and it said. Or I'd watched it before and I was like, because you've watched Godfather, have a look at this. And I was like, you beauty. And, it's, and it holds up as well. Oh, it's a good movie. Um, I've been on a bit of a... So it's Scorsese? Yes. I've been on a bit of a Scorsese kick I think Goodfellas is on uh, Netflix yeah, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So Goodfellas Raging Bulls on Netflix. Nice. Um, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm pretty sure Taxi Driver is as well. Um, and I've watched a whole bunch of them recently. He's a great director. Uh, yeah. yeah, it turns out Scorsese yeah. and De Niro... Good, good combination. Yeah, for sure. Who would have thought? You're, you're hearing it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. But he okay. also did Bad Grandpa or whatever that one is. And oh, Scorsese did that one? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm talking to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Or The Intern. So I don't know if he's going to reach those lofty heights. But uh, the nipples joke? He's got nipples? You can milk him? That was uh, the Meet Ben Stiller one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. What happened to him? He must have debt, right? I he must have He just get to a point where he's like, fuck it. They're gonna pay me X amount to just do dumb shit. Yeah, I imagine it's like it's stressful being in those kind of movies. So if you just want to do something easy, anyway. Well, I mean, anyway, yeah. He hasn't touched back in on quality in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, where do people want to find you? Well, where can they find you? They can, yeah, if they want to or not, that's <laughs> another question. Um, Dave at alevertime dot com uh, at melbdave on Twitter and Instagram. Patreon. What's our latest with Patreon uh, beers? Oh, uh, we had a glitter beer all in the planning, and yeah. that fell through because it turns out glitter and packaged beer doesn't really work. No, and that makes so sense. So we're workshopping yeah. other ingredients for our next beer. Um, but we've got a good project, which is, I guess, made possible by the Patreon supporters. Um, we're going to probably announce it for our next show, um, but it's going to be a year-long special project. Uh, so, yes, yeah, stay tuned with that. I'm really excited to, to share this with everyone. It's so a good one. Yep. Where do we find you? Uh, Luke at aleofatime.com, um, at aleofatime on social medias. And if you want conspiracy stuff, you can get me or get conspiracy stuff at the Hypothetical Institute. Punch that into your Google. If you go to cookedunits.com, I'm pretty sure that redirects to our website. Fantastic, yeah. Um, or it might redirect to our merch page. Either way, you better find us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.